0: Hi, this is Michael, and you're listening to SOMA's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It's our vision as a church to help as many people come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. This podcast is a vehicle to further that vision. If the content has encouraged you in any way, we'd love to invite you to join us in helping us reach more people with the message of Jesus through this podcast and all that we do as a church. You can help by giving on our website at solma.church. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday, we'd love to host you. For more information about location and service times, you can visit us at Soma.Church. Enjoy the message. Today, coming off of Serve Day, I want to lean into this whole, this whole concept of generosity. It is all throughout the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has so much to say. Wisdom literature has so much to say on generosity and what that should look like in our life. And the Bible in general speaks towards giving, not just financial giving, but just giving in general. To give you an idea, the, the Bible Uh, It says the word believe 247 times uh, in Scripture. The word prayer is mentioned 371 times in Scripture. The word love, kind of a big deal, mentioned 714 times in the Bible. And the word give is mentioned 2,161 times in Scripture. And so um, what does that mean? It just means that we serve a generous God. We serve a God who loves to give. It is a theme all throughout scripture. For, for God so loved the world, he, he gave. And so he continues to give everything good. The Bible tells us everything good and perfect in your life is a gift from God. It's a grace from God. Your salvation is that way. If you grow and mature and look more like Jesus, that's a gift as well. It's like everything in your life is, is grace. And so it means uh, all the things that he's given you to steward, he gave it to you. And so time, gift, the family you got, people sitting next to you in your row, the talents that you have, the, the, the resources that you have, all that is, is to be stewarded and it's a gift from God. And so as his people, our idea, like our whole identity should be in Jesus and we should reflect his heart. We should be a generous people and coming off a serve day. I know it's easy coming off a day like that to just feel good to be like, man, we are like, we're, we're doing some cool things in the community. But um, today, I just want to lean in on biblical principles. So w- Proverbs, for example, uh, and wisdom literature in general are just principles to apply to your life. So it's not, it's not necessarily promises like you'll see in other areas of Scripture and we'll hit promises, but it's just principles. Hey, if you do these things, there is a return on what you apply. And so um, a lack of wisdom... Um, you know, causes us all kinds of problems, but man, if we can get some, we need to get some. Proverbs 11, 24 says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And, uh, and I love that because it's just a reminder that I just think about the people in my own life uh, who have the biggest impact on me personally. And usually they've had an impact on me because of what they've given to me, like what they've, their generosity displayed in my life. And uh, I think about the people in my life who lived an incredible life, had a legacy, passed away, and there was a line, you know, you just had to stand in line forever to shake hands with the family because the wake was so incredible, because the legacy was so strong, because look at the impact that they made on people's lives. And uh, and so that's the type of life that we're called to live, and and we need to live really a, a big life. We want to live an impactful life, and in order to get there, we got to be generous with what God's given us. If we if we lack wisdom, uh, we make decisions that can hurt the people around us. And so uh, and this is true for things that we we do, you know, wrong choices that we make. Uh, Bad decisions that we have, sin, brokenness in our lives. It's also true of things that we don't grab a hold of, like generosity. So if we don't apply generosity to our life, people miss out. The Bible tells us this, that you're actually blessed to be a blessing. So the reason why you have all that you have isn't for you. (laughs) For the you beside you, it's for the people in your life who, and and guess what? As you apply generosity, as you are a conduit of all that God gives you, he begins to bless your life so that you can impact more people and he trusts you with more. This is what he teaches us in scripture. And so when we read a proverb about generosity, you know, the thought might be, man, I know if we're going to talk giving, I know if we're going to talk generosity, that is like my struggle. I know it's one of the things I'm not great at. Uh, I don't necessarily have a generous heart. God's working on me in that area. I'm a little stingy, a little selfish, a little me, myself, and I, we all are. And, and so the idea is, God, would you grow us in the grace of giving? Because it's going to bless others, and we're going to leave a legacy and an impact as a result of being others-focused. Uh, the reason why uh, it matters is that a generous heart um, doesn't see situations or things in life as—we we don't— People who are generous don't view things with a scarcity mindset. They view things with an abundant mindset. And so it's not, they're not seeing problems, they're seeing opportunities, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a whole faith exercise. And, and it's like, man, we don't have enough, and people with faith and people with generosity go, all we got is all we need. We can be generous with what God gave us. And so we wanna shift the way that we think about things. This is what Proverbs 22, nine tells us. It says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. For he gives of his bread to the poor. That's New King James Version. I love that version. He who has a generous eye. And I love this whole idea of having a generous eye. Just seeing opportunities and seeing, um, seeing ways that we can be generous with people, again, is like a, an abundant mindset. It's all about the way that you see people and, and things and, and opportunities. And I love that the, the thought of the generous eye. I love that so much. And So asking this question, uh, if you struggle with being self-focused, if you struggle with being stingy, if you struggle about making it about yourself, we're asking questions anytime we have an opportunity to be generous. So is um, an inconvenience in your schedule. Great example. Um, You've got to stop what you were planning on doing, and now you feel like God's asked you to do this thing, and now they're in this situation. It's like, well, I've got to pull over, or i got to stop, or we've got to have this... And, or or it could be giving financially, or it could be giving emotionally, relationally, or it could be giving, in term, like whatever the case is. But we ask this question when we're struggling with kind of me, myself, and I. How's this going to affect me if I give? What's this going to look like in my budget? What's this going to look like? in This is what we're asking. But the generous, here's what the generous asks. How's this going to affect them if I don't give? And so, again, fundamentally thinking about, others rather than yourself is the difference between the two the generous heart is always others focused and uh and so the the person who has that small world you're just focused on your own situation you got horse blinders on you're just staring in the mirror it's just like a small world the person who has a large world is just looking at opportunities looking at people to be a blessing to others what do i have that can help others and serve others and then watch your world grow. If you're struggling in this season with like isolation, you feel like nobody cares, nobody sees you, uh, you feel small, you just feel irrelevant, you just feel like your life is not making a difference in people's lives. Start being generous, and just watch what happens. Like just exercise generosity. Again, not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. And then watch what happens to your life. All of a sudden, all, all of a sudden you're making an impact, and you're building relationships. It makes a difference. And so you can be generous, too, in more than one way. So I know a lot of us, when I say the word generous or give, you're thinking already, you're thinking financially. But you can be generous with your words. This is Proverbs 10, 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many. And I love that. The idea is uh, you can be someone who uh, steps into a space and is very generous with your speech, very generous in conversation. Are you generous as you navigate uh, conflict? Are you generous as you navigate conversations with people? Are you speaking life over situations? Are you nourishing people? I love that. The, the, the lips of the righteous nourish many. So if people, basically what it's saying is, um, you know, you're feeding people with your words. Like if your family, if your spouse, if your roommate, whoever, if they had to live off of what you say, would they be nourished by what you say to and about them? Or would they starve to death? Or like, what's the situation? And so it's telling us in Proverbs 10, hey, you could be generous with your speech. Another way you can be generous is just in acts of service uh, to others. Acts of service. And, and this coming off of serve day, this is like a big thing for us. But the whole idea is serving, sacrifice. Hey, I'm gonna pick up a towel. I'm gonna pick up the water basin. I'm gonna kneel down. I'm gonna wash some feet. I'm gonna do what I can to get uncomfortable a little bit because one of the biggest ways that I can be generous is in service to others and I can leverage again everything that God has given me not like one particular thing but everything in service to others coming off of serve day I want to celebrate some cool things that God did yesterday um as a church family it was around 400 people that leaned into serve day which was amazing we had uh we served around 5,000 people between each of those initiatives So it was around 12 to 14 different locations that we had um different opportunities um and so right at $40,000, money you had already given that we set aside. Again, we created margins so that we could be generous uh, to our community. And so um, just, I, I just want to celebrate the cool thing. Here's, here's a really cool story. There was a, a couple. Uh, I'll give you two stories. One at a laundromat. Lady came, and she, she came on Friday. She drove from Morganton and was like, I, you know, I didn't bring my wallet. I was frustrated. I was mad. She had all this laundry to do, and she was, like, upset about it. And then she came on Saturday and still didn't need her wallet, but for a different reason. And so she came and was like, oh, snap. Everybody, you know, did their laundry, paid for it. And, hey, here's a drink and, you know, have a seat and all that kind of stuff. And way different experience. And she was just talking about what a blessing it was for her to go through that experience. There was a couple that we served uh, at Soup Kitchen who, uh, pretty high-need situation. They were in their 60s, had just lost their home, didn't have a place for the night. She's stage four cancer, needs treatment, hospice, and we're going. Like, literally, there's, and so if we're not there feeding, we don't see the need to meet the need, and so we're able to get housing situated and kind of work with them on. And so it's just like, there's, there's a million of these stories that I don't even know. If you were there, you know. You have your own stories of, like, little God moments that only he can orchestrate. So, like, we can... You know, we can make a plan, which is cool, but, like, God in all of that has, like, some really amazing things that he wants to teach us. We only get there by serving. We only get there by picking up the towel and really leaning in and going, okay, God, how do you want to use me? Let me use my 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 resources and my emotions and my talent and my time and everything you've given me. And uh, And so... Uh, This is the reason why we talk about serving here as a church in general is because we really do believe in the vision that God's given us as a church. So we talk about growth track and we talk about dream team, not because we need you to do a thing, but because we actually believe in the vision. And if we don't, let's stop doing it like it's not worth doing. But the whole idea is it actually helps you and serves you and you come alive when you exercise your gifts to advance the kingdom of God in the local church that's why you're here that's why so again back to the vision uh, Ephesians 4 Romans 12 1 Corinthians 12:12 12, 12. like even though you're many members you're one body and when you use your talents and your gifts it blesses me and when you don't use your talents and your gifts you not only are you robbing yourself of a blessing I don't get blessed in the same way than if you exercise your talents and your gifts. So, of course, the more people who are carrying the vision, doing the thing, facilitating the vision, like, that's amazing. Many hands make light work. But also, you're just robbing yourself of more joy, more fulfillment, because it's not a Sunday thing. It's a lifestyle thing. Like, you can serve on Sunday, two hours of your week. Some of us, like some of us, we'll, we'll, you know, we we'll, we'll hit a Netflix series or something like that. We're just like, eight hours into that mug, just like yeah, I gotta get, I gotta go to work tomorrow. You know, like and so, like two hours of your weeks so it's like, hey, I can leverage my gifts and my time and my energy and my talents for others. But um, but it's not just a Sunday activity. It's what did God create me to do? Fashion me to do? What has been affirmed in me? And then how can I use that to help advance all that He's doing in the world? This is Proverbs eleven twenty five it says a generous man will prosper that's awesome will prosper that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed and but it shouldn't be your motivation let me say it this way it shouldn't be your motivation to for yourself to be refreshed at the point that it becomes about you it stops becoming generosity so if you're giving to get you're giving for the wrong reason and it's no longer generosity So it means this no longer applies because some of you give and you're frustrated. Like, but I gave it's like, yeah, but you had to have like a ceremony and you had to like post about it and you had to like, you know, like, and so instead of like, Hey, I'm giving to serve others and I don't need an audience and I don't need anybody to see it. I got an audience of one. I don't need anybody. Like, I just, I I just want to give because I get to give and that ought to be the culture. We don't give to get, we get to give like literally for what God has done in our lives. Everything that he's given you, the Bible tells us is good. Everything, every good, every good and perfect gift in your life is from heaven. So if it's good, it's from God. And he's like, and you're welcome, right? And so it's like amazing things in your life and for you to steward. And this is the reason why serving is our privilege. And this is the reason why generosity is our joy because we get to do it. It's not a have to. I'm not obligated. I realize that, and, and here's what's cool. You can, you can, it's a Sunday activity. So you can join Dream Team, but guess what? You can do the same thing if you're in education. And I would encourage you to exercise those gifts to build a local church. And not only on Sunday, but exercise those same gifts. If if you're in education, you're doing it and going, what am I created for? Like, what am I great at? If it's the gift of hospitality, for example, how can I exercise my gift of hospitality? And I'm a teacher. Hey, how can I exercise my gift of prayer? And I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own business. How can I exercise my gift of knowledge or of leadership or whatever the case may be, whatever you're gifted to do, how can I do it right where I'm at? I'm a tradesman. I'm in medicine, whatever. How can I leverage my gift for the benefit of others? Because again, if I don't use it, I'm robbing myself of a blessing and also everybody else. And so that's the whole idea. Proverbs twenty-two nine. It says this: the generous will themselves be blessed. Why? Because they're going to share their food with the poor. That's why they're blessed. And then it goes on. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven: those who give to the poor will lack nothing. For those who close their eyes to them, receive many curses. Proverbs nineteen seventeen: if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And he will repay you. And you could be poor in more than one way. So you could be poor financially. You could be poor in spirit. You could be poor emotionally. You could be poor relationally. You could be poor in a bunch of different ways. And the Bible tells us, hey, if you will serve people who are struggling in that season, you are storing up treasures in heaven. I love that it says, You are lending to the Lord. How insane is that? Like I can lend to the Lord? Like you're making a deposit on eternity is what it's saying. Anytime I choose to be generous with my words, with my actions, in service of others, financially, emotionally, anytime anytime I choose to be generous, this is the biblical principle of stewardship. This idea that God gave us everything and then we steward what he gives us and you and I are meant to be a conduit of his grace in the world. That's the whole idea. It's the parable of the talents, if you guys know, like, parable of the talents. So, again, you got a manager, leaves, puts people in charge. Hey, I'm going to give you one talent. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you each your own portion. Steward well what I've given you. I'm coming back, and when I come back, we'll take inventory of what was done while I was gone. And for those of us that invest, for those of us that sow, for those of us that spend all the things that last forever, again, if you spend it on yourself, it, kinda, it dies with you. That's a lonely party. i just promise you, if you spend your whole life about you, that is, the, the, the after party is not going to be that great, okay? I'm just going to go ahead and give you a heads up. I do this for a living. We do funerals and memorials. The people who spend their lives only thinking about themselves, I mean, versus what can I do to sow into other people's lives? What can I do to give my life over in service? Again, this is what Jesus does. What can I do to make it about others? And as I do that, man, God transforms me from the inside out and I get as much benefit as anybody that I'm blessing. And so, uh, this is what he's asked us to do. (coughs) So, um, uh, we, we, as a, as a church, we practice, um, we have a group of people who have the gift of giving. We talked about people who have gifts. So there's people in our church that they just love to give, Y'all, know, maybe you're related to people like this or you know people like this that they always got to buy your meal you know what I'm talking about like you go out and they're like no I got this it's like bro you bought my meal like 10 times now it's getting old like I can't buy a meal you know what I mean like you're like or, or, um, or people who just want to bless you people who are just super generous um, I've got people like this in, in, in our life people who have the gift of giving and they'll go we do growth track talk about spiritual gifts and then they go I actually really love to give and that might be you. And, and the, the idea is it's a spiritual gift. Every believer is called to certain things. So we're all called to give just like we're all called to pray. Just like we're all called uh, like every, every gift is available. But so like some of us are operating in that gift, like on another level. And so people who have the spiritual gift of giving, they just like love to give. Um, and, and so you got to think, is that me? Is that something for me? And and think about how you can leverage that gift in service to others, not just financially, but just with your life. I was thinking about our church family and how everything that we do is a result of people's generosity. So you're in this room right now, sitting in chairs. I remember the guy who bought the chairs when we first started the church, 250 of these chairs, we had to add more later. Ten thousand dollars to buy the chairs. We're like, well, we can sit on the floor. Or we can stand up, but I ain't, we ain't buying 10000 you know. And somebody was like, hey, I want to I buy the chairs. I want people to sit down. <laughs> I want people to enjoy this experience. Think about Motion Conference coming up. People who scholarship kids to go to Motion who might not be able to afford Motion otherwise, and then God gets a hold of their life, totally wrecks them in the best way possible. They come back on fire for the Lord, and then it gets on their, their, their peers in school or their classmates or their, uh, the kids on their team or whatever. And, uh, but it's because somebody decided to make it a priority to, to invest in that student yesterday, everything that we did as a church serve day because of somebody's generosity, because of some, because a grou- group of people who decided, you know what, I'm going to practice like for us as a church, we practice principle of the tithe. If you're new to our church family, our whole approach in giving is we practice principle of the tithe. It's not a legal requirement. It's just a principle all the way, all the way throughout scripture. I give God my first and my best, and he blesses the rest. He does things with, with this that I can never do with all of it if I'm trying to manage it and make it about my own strength. And, so, uh, and then I get to give above and beyond whenever he calls me to do it because giving is like, it, it can be contagious. You ever been through, you ever been through a drive through getting a cup of coffee or, or, you know, you're at Chick-fil-A or you're at a drive through somewhere, and then they're like, hey, person in front of you paid for yours. You had that moment? And then, and then sometimes the person working the window is like really excited. They're like, person in front of you paid for yours, and it's like the 17th car, you know, or whatever. And you're like, I can't break the streak, you know what I mean? So like sign up the next person, but you're checking behind you to see if it's like a 15-passenger van of like football players. <laughs> you're like, hold up. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's just two people. Yeah, I got theirs. I'm generous. You know, like, <laughs> but, but like this, but it's contagious, Generosity is contagious, and it's the reason why you're supposed to get, again, get wisdom at all costs. How do you get it? You get around it. So if you want to be generous, what do you got to do? You got to hang out with generous people. It's inspiring. It's contagious. It's just like faith. It's just like, man, if I could be around people like that. There's people that um, Brooke and I, we've had the privilege to spend time with over the past few years, that until we spent time with them, we didn't even know you could do that Like, they were doing things that were like, we didn't even know you could do that. You know, like, it just opens up your world to just be around it. And this is what God wants for us. He wants us to be in a place where we can share in a generous way. Psalm 112, 9, it says this. It's talking about the generous. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So, like, you have a legacy attached to your generosity, for example, uh, I can think of right now the people who were generous to me in my life, not just financially, but they took the time to just give a kind word. I think about I think about people who wrote me a note and it like messed me up, but it took them time and it took emotional equity and it took like they cared enough to like do the thing. I think about people who. Uh, really who just decided, you know what, I'm going to commit to be in this leadership role and I'm going to commit to coach or I'm going to commit to teach or I'm going to commit to, we did Sunday school back in the day. I can tell you every single one of my Sunday school teachers' names and the impact that they had on me as a result of their faith. But it was a time commitment. It was like, I got to sign up for this. I got to show up. Somebody's got to bring, back in the day we brought breakfast, like the whole thing, right? And it's just a commitment and it's it's a sacrifice and it's an investment. But man, Brenda Hubbard, wherever you are, woo, thank God for the faith of people that I get to stand on their shoulders. You get to stand on their shoulders because of their investment in your eternity. People that you'll never even meet who invested in the church that you came to faith in Christ in. Or missionaries that were sent. Like, I'm just telling you, this is the way God works. They'll be remembered forever. Psalm 112, 5 through 6, it says this. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their businesses fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Man, if you navigate it the way that God wants you to navigate it, if you're fair, if you're, if you're kind, if you're, if you're a, a good employer, if you create margins so that you can be generous, man, you're going to be long remembered. And so my goal today is to stir us to, to live in such a way that we're not just giving financially, but like you give your life away. Because you, you only have so much of it. And again, it's a gift, every bit of it. And the idea is, how do I leverage all that God's given me to serve others? So, my house isn't, the house just isn't, it's not just about me, but it's about bringing people into my living room or around my table and breaking bread. Or my car's not just about me, but somebody needs a ride. Or, you know, just like figuring out what did you give me, God, so that I can leverage it for the benefit of others. But you can only give away what you have. And if you don't have it, you can't give it away. And so um, you can make a difference in people's lives with a bunch of different areas. Because some of us have more money than others. Some of us have more time than others. Some of us have gifts and talents. And uh, some of us, honestly, some of us have more faith than others. Some of us have things that we can lend to others and give away to, to serve other people. But you can only give what you have. 2 Corinthians 8:7, here's what Paul says. He's telling the church, hey, if you, since you excel in everything, man, you guys are so great. Faith, speech, wow, you got all the right words. Knowledge, you know lots of cool things. Complete earnestness and the love that we've kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. See that you're generous and open-handed with what God gave you. 2 Corinthians 9, 11, Paul goes on. He says this, you will be enriched in every way. So that you can be generous on every occasion, most occasions, some occasions, every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So you just think, what do I have to give? Because sometimes the need on paper is bigger than what's in your wallet or bigger than what you feel like you have capacity for. And it's not that, it's not that in that moment you have to meet the need. It's just that in that moment you have something to give. So you may not be able to fulfill that financial need, but you might know somebody, or you might have, you might have a word of encouragement, or you, you might have whatever it is you have to give, give it in that moment, in, in whatever way that you can serve that opportunity. And so what do you have that you can give away to advance God's agenda? I think there's several that I wanna key on. The first one is your time. Generous, we gotta be generous with our time. And for some of us, this is the, like the most expensive thing that you have. Some of us would rather just write a check than give our time. Um, have y'all ever done f- the love languages, five love languages? You ever done that book or that study in church? Um, we, when we first got married or like right around the early part of our marriage, we were introduced to that whole study, five love languages, and we went through it and I figured out mine were, words of affirmation, which I don't know, I feel like every guy, every dude that I meet is like words of affirmation and physical touch. I'm not exactly sure what's, what's with that, but words of affirmation and physical touch. And then Brooks, uh, hers were, um, quality time and acts of service and which to me are like the most expensive. (laughs) I'm like, you don't want me to buy you flowers? No, I don't want you to buy flowers. Sure, buy me flowers, but take me somewhere. Like, I want the time. What she wanted was the time. And and me not being wired that way, I'm trying to, like, love her or be generous to her in ways that I enjoy receiving. You know what I mean? (laughs) Words of affirmation and, you know, I'm like, She's like, whatever. Spend time with me, right? So, like, spend time. And so time is one of the things that we can be generous with. And honestly, there's an army of you who serve faithfully on Dream Team every single week, and you think, does this matter? Does this make a difference in people's lives? I'm, like, ushering, or I'm, like, parking a car, pouring coffee, or I'm serving in nursery. Um, because sometimes I say, I'd say our generation, so I'm like, a, I'm like a geriatric millennial. Like, I'm a millennial, but bare, barely, you know what I'm saying? It's like our generation was really focused on, uh, you know, it, it it doesn't count as generosity if you're not digging a well or putting shoes on someone or some kind of tangible, tangible, physical need. And that's so true that that needs to happen. And the gospel is a both end. It's not an either or it's like, do that. And as you do that, do it in Jesus name and then be like, here's why you have shoes. But, but, but our generation was like, yeah, but just, you know, like just do cool kind of things for people. And, um, But, you know, not focused so much on the gospel piece, but Jesus, when you see Jesus in the New Testament, he's primarily focused on people's eternity. He's primarily focused on things that like last forever. And so he'll heal people and all that takes place. But, but it does so as a way to kind of point towards who he is and what's getting ready to the the game that's getting ready to be changed with his resurrection. And so for us, I think one of the things that we need to be mindful of as a church is like every time you invest in the things that matters to God, people, one another in this room, people that aren't here yet. Like it matters for the sake of eternity. We've had just this year over 230 people make a decision for Christ last year, over 300 people, over 530 people since January of 22 have made a decision for Jesus. Yes. Thank you so much for the clap. But so here's, what's cool. So here's, what's cool. Like sometimes you're, you're a part of things and you're like, I don't know if this is worth my time. But God's graced our church in such a way, and you're a huge part of that, in that like life change is happening, people's faith are stirred, crazy things are going on in the life of our church. So it's not a question of whether or not is this worth me leaning in, leveraging my gifts and my time and my talent, all the things that God's given me. And the answer is yeah. And I would say this, you need to invest first. For those of you, b- before you give, before you serve, before you do any of that, Here's the first thing that you need to be generous towards when it comes to your time. You need to be generous, and this is, benefits you. Uh, you need just some personal time with God. Because some of us, you're doing the religious kind of rat race thing where you do all the things, but you have no personal time with God. There's a lack of relationship you're punching boxes, but it's not working. It's because there's no fellowship. You need, you need to spend some time with God. You need to create margin, and it needs to be first and primary. Again, just like tithing, you give God your first and your best out of the overflow. Watch him do the rest. So the same thing with your day. Same thing with your relationships. Again, give God what, what belongs to him. Be generous with your time, and then watch what he can do with the rest. Same thing for the people in your life. Be generous. How can we be generous with our, our calendar and our schedules? And pray on that. Think on that. Here's the next one: generous with our talents. This Ephesians four reminds us that we all have grace to do certain things. We all have different gifts, and we all operate in those different gifts in different ways. You come alive when you're doing the thing that you were made to do. When somebody looks at you and goes, "You were made to do that." That's crazy. You're be- like that's insane. I can never do that. I can't do what you just did. And again, back to the vision of who God's called us to be as a church: many members, one body. If I don't use my talents and my gifts to serve you, then I'm robbing myself and I'm robbing you. I want you to think about the people who've had the greatest spiritual impact on your life. Now imagine they don't use their gifts. And and there's people on the other side of you operating in your strengths and your gifts that have a testimony that's just waiting on you It's just waiting on your obedience. And so, uh, generous with our talents. Here's the next one. Generous with our treasure. Take what you have. Again, you can't give what you don't have. So take what you do have. And all you have is all you need in order for God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in and through you. This is the biblical imperative. This is what we see time and time again. Every miracle in scripture is this way. Uh, And I just think about Oh, man, Jesus showing up wanting to feed a multitude of people, 15, 20,000 people on this hillside. And they don't have much to work with. It's got a kid's Jewish lunchables, all they got to rock with. There's just like somebody be like, hey, this kid's got a couple of fish and some loaves. And it's like, all right, well, okay. And, but, but that's all they needed. And so think about what do I have that I can give away financially in the area of treasure? It might, it might, be, it might be money. Or it might be house or it might be, what are the resources that God's given me to leverage for the benefit of others? Um, and then begin to practice that. Um, some of us, like this, this area is so weak, this muscle is so weak for us, I would say homework assignment. Just go out and just like bless somebody financially. And, and if it's something that you struggle to invest in, like what God's doing in the local church, like begin to tithe like on faith, begin to tie. This is the one area of scripture that God attaches this promise that says, Hey, just test me in this area, begin to give to me first and then watch the benefit that happens in your life. And if you don't trust me, like you're like, Oh man, is this, this feels pretty, you know, like go somewhere else and do it somewhere else. And then watch what happens. Again, our whole dream as a church is that you would lean into the vision. No, God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. You don't even have to do it here. Just do it somewhere. Our whole job is to be a vehicle for you to to live out that vision. So generous with our time, generous with our talents, generous with our finances. And then here's another one, uh, and this just hit me this morning, honestly. Generous with our faith. Quick backstory on this. I didn't even have that in my notes this morning. Came to 8 o'clock service gentleman who was here beat me to church beat majority of our team to church Uh, his his name is jerry baker and he was he was here sitting just middle of the room kind of over here on this side just watching watching the the worship set and i go up i introduce myself shake his hand and uh, and he's having a hard time communicating i can tell he's he can't speak and so but he came prepared and he had written on a card for me and, and so here's what he wrote on the card for me. So he beat us all here to church and he wrote on the card, he wrote speech, eyes, Parkinson's disease, diabetes. And then he wrote his name. And I thought his name was Jerry Barber. And so I said, Mr. Barber. And he said, no. And, uh, and, and so we had a back and forth, couldn't hear and hear really good. They were running through everything, went to the lobby. It was a little bit better lit and we could hear each other. And, and, and he wrote down Baker and I said, Mr. Baker. And he said, yes. And then I began to ask him questions. How'd you get here? Who brought you? Whatever. And, and he said, no. And, uh, and then he wrote down the word pray. He's like, man, would you pray for me already? Like this is, you know, like, it, and it was so great. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, I, you know, I'm, I don't know why I'm missing the moment, but he's like written all these things that he's brought ready for and he's so patient with me, so gracious. But he just wrote the word "pray," and I said, "Would you? Lo- I would love to pray for you." So I prayed for him out in the lobby. And um, but I just, it just, I thought about as I'm teaching the message, and honestly, God's just working on me all morning long. I thought, man, sometimes in my life, anyway, people have had to lend their faith on my behalf. I needed people who were generous with their faith when I lacked it for myself, uh, who believed things for me when I didn't believe them for myself and he had a faith like he he came ready he came ready to ask came ready to receive came ready and really desires a miracle breakthrough like a healing in his life and we're believing for that but what we did at the just close out the service last service we just brought him up front said hey mr baker would you come up front we're gonna pray for you leaders would you come forward we're gonna pray for healing and um And I watched it because it was really cool. Because people in the room were like, "Hold up! Like, if you if you're into that, like if you've been around that, you're like, let's go. But if you're not, you're like, what's happening? Like you're you're a little bit. And it's like, but biblically, this is what the Bible tells us to do. Hey, leaders, come forward. Pray for people who are sick. Pray for people who need breakthrough. Pray for people. And like the same God who brought Jesus up out of that grave is the same God living inside of me and you. Is what the Bible tells us. And so he's still active, still doing miracles. And sometimes you need people to have faith for you when you don't have faith for yourself. And you and I can be generous with our faith. And so, which means I'm speaking to the potential, again, back to words. So I'm like, I'm generous with my time. I'm generous with my talent. I'm generous with my treasure. Everything God's given me, including my faith. Guess what? There's people who aren't where I'm at in my faith. And there's there's people who are further along than me than I am in my faith. And they lend to me all the time. I can't tell you how many people lend to me their faith. And the idea is for me and you as a follower of Jesus, we're supposed to be doing that. like Be generous with your faith. So when you go out and people who don't share your convictions or maybe they're not where you're at in your, in your maturity or in your walk with Christ, have faith for them and just like believe great things for them and just begin to speak things over their life and and then just watch, like speak to their potential have faith for the amazing things that god desires to do in and through them i'm believing and i want you to come alongside of me i'm believing that god will heal mr baker and i'm believing that he'll do it because of a collective faith a group of people that are willing to look at the situation and go god you can do anything if you want to do it you you can do anything same faith required for that physical breakthrough is the same one required that when we pray for things, we don't get it the way that we wanted. Hey, God, I don't know what you're going to do with this situation. You're going to do something. But you got to, like, we've got to have faith that he'll move and do incredible things and miraculous work. Uh, because we've seen him do it. I've seen him do it time and time again in our life, in my spirit, like in who I am. If you've ever had that moment, I hope you have. And if you haven't, maybe you'll have it today where you want different things for yourself than you used to want. And you know it's not your flesh that got you there. It's just God who gave you over to new desires. And so I'm going to close with this thought today. I just want you to think about your own life. How am I, am I I wise? Do I I experience large living when it comes to the area of generosity? Am I making an impact on people? Uh, Am I generous with what I have? Some of you... um, I am gonna say this last thing you excuse away generosity because you don't you don't think you have anything to offer and there's not been a bigger lie from like the pit of hell than that one you have so much to offer just give what you got you don't have to give what you don't have just give what you do have and then watch God use it in a profound way but don't be afraid of it or don't be ashamed of it or don't be embarrassed by it just leverage it for the benefit of others the things that God cares about the things that last forever um Bible tells us that there's really two, two judgments that we'll experience one day. And, and you and I were saved by grace, but we're saved for works. So man, like there's nothing you can do. Good behavior wise, merit, morality, any kind of the things or religious hoops that we jump through, especially in the American South. The idea of I got to be good enough. No, you don't. Jesus is good on your behalf, and you have a faith in what Jesus has done, and that's your salvation, attached to the grace that God offers you. So you're saved by grace, but once you're saved, hey, now you're saved for works. You were made on purpose and for a purpose. Leverage the things that God's given you to help others. You and I will stand in front of Jesus one day. The Bible calls it the judgment seat of Christ, where we stand in front of him. Again, we're already in heaven. We're already in eternity. But now he's going. The Bible says he's going to reward you for what you did with what you were given, and uh, it's kind of wild. Like God, like God gives you salvation and everything that you got in life, and then one day it's like, hey, also I'm going to reward you. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't really make sense. He's like, yeah, I know, but I'm still going to do it because I'm awesome like that. So he's going to reward you for applying. Hey, any area of my life that I can leverage for the benefit of others, any area of my life that I could leverage to build out the kingdom of God and love and serve people into a relationship with Jesus. The whole exercise is to get people to Jesus. That's the whole exercise. And so think about what does that look like uh, for my life and for my family? And then just pray, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that and, um, and just give us the courage of conviction to step forward in what he has for us next. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for today, God. Grateful for every person in this room. Grateful for the miracle that's taking place. And sometimes we can take it for granted, the ways that you're working in and through uh, us as a church family. And even uh, for our own personal situation, we can look at it and just, just miss the moment and not realize all the amazing things that you're doing in our lives. So thank you. Help us to be grateful. Help us to take inventory of what we're working with, steward it well, and leverage it for others, where there's time, where there's resources, God, where we have relationships, where we can use our talents, where we can use all that you've given us to benefit others, where we can lend our faith. Help us to lend our faith when people lack it. And and for the person who's here and you, you haven't had a relationship with Jesus, but you came today. And maybe you're realizing you haven't had a relationship with Jesus. Uh, Your your salvation is attached to a a faith in God. It's like believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. It is a faith. It's not uh, an activity. It's not attending a thing. It's not who your mom and dad are, how many Bibles you have. It is, do I have a personal relationship with you? Do I know him intimately? And if I don't, that's the starting place and matter of fact other people up to this point have lended their faith for you so that you could be here right in this moment you wouldn't be here without the faith of others and you know that and so you you look at your situation and you think man my life is so messed up and i'm broken and I'm a sinner and that is right where God wants you. The moment of your salvation is when you realize who you are in relationship to who Jesus is. Jesus is I am a sinner in need of a savior and the good news is we have a friend of sinners in our God who loves us, who is for us and he so loved us he came, he gave his life, laid it down for you and I. And So if you're here today and that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus and you say Jesus thank you so much for the offer of grace God thank you so much for all that you have done for me and I realize who I am in relationship to who you are. If that's you today with all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'd love to just lead you in a prayer, a moment where you get an opportunity to confess him as Lord. And it's a moment for you, but with all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you want to surrender your life to Christ today, would you just lift your hand in the room and say, that's for me. I want to go all in. I'm tired of playing games. I really want all that God has for me. I'm ready to be in a right relationship with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I see hands. Is there anybody else? That's awesome. And so right where you're at, just say, Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. God, thank you for the the gift of grace and eternal life with you. And I'm saved by grace, but I'm saved for works. Would you establish my steps? Holy Spirit, would you lead me? God, would you lead me by your word, what you've already written in the Bible, but also by your, by your spirit? You've given me in this moment where I lay down my life and my agenda. You give me over to your spirit. And so would you surround me with church family, people who love you, people who love me? Would you surround me with the right people to help me to grow in your likeness, grow in my gifts, grow in, in leveraging and being generous with my life, laying down time and talent and treasure to advance your cause in your kingdom? God, thank you so much for revival. Thank you so much that um, we're in the middle of it and you're doing an incredible work. We have people believing for things they've never believed for and people whose faith is stirred, people who are praying for things, people who are desiring things. There's a shift in desire, God. You're changing our hearts from the inside out. Some of us in this room, we've never wanted more for ourselves than we want in this moment. And it's all your work. We thank you for that. We praise you for it. God, grateful that we get to gather. Sing your praises today, Lord. We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.